0: of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talkin' Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my
1: defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart.
2: Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website www. Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria.com Or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's For an authentic Italian meal Today's show is also being brought to us In part by the Holiday Inn And all their beautiful properties If you stay in, if you gotta go travel And you gotta stay somewhere Make sure you stay at a Holiday Inn property My favorites are the Holiday Inn Resorts And Holiday Inn Express Uh But wait, there's more. Because if you stay at a Holiday Inn, we'll get you a Billy C. discount. That's right. Just call our toll-free number, 844-603-0364. 844-603-0364. Can't remember the number? Don't worry about it. Just visit the website, billycboxing.com, and click on the banner. You can't miss it. It's on the right-hand side. And today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino From Bondage to Baddest Men in a Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching or listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molyneux's story told. Um, And by the way, if you're looking to get a signed copy, just visit the website billycboxing.com and uh, click on the book. But uh, anyway um coming up in a little bit we got uh uh some news an update on uh Tyson Fury and his opponent for his return to the ring June ninth. not that impressed uh you know listen I, we knew that he was gonna have to have a tune-up fight but with all the talk I mean Tyson Fury was calling out AJ and Deontay Wilder and anyone else that was a top name and uh Uh, Rumor had he was going to fight Shannon Briggs, which would have been acceptable. But uh, not so sure about his choice of opponent, but we'll get to that a little bit later. I got uh, a couple of emails to read. We got some other news uh, concerning uh, the heavyweight division. Uh, No, it's not an update on what we all want to hear, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, And we got uh, to discuss the fights. Uh, We'll kick off uh, right now. Uh, with the uh, main fight of the weekend, at least uh, in my opinion, uh, Adonis Stevenson, the WBC light heavyweight champion, uh, fought uh, Badu Jack. And um, it ended up as a draw. This didn't surprise me. You know, I watched this fight and I, I, I gathered a couple of things from the fight. Number one, Adonis Stevenson is Nothing. Nothing. This is a guy that that looks like he's never even boxed. The way he delivers his punches and stuff. Now, granted, he's got knockout power. This is why he's where he is. Uh, Very critical of Adonis Stevenson and the fact that he's really ducked his way to where he is now. Uh, Clearly ran out of gas. However, Badu Jack didn't capitalize. I don't understand. Now, Badu Jack, I think, is a more well-rounded, more talented fighter than Adonis Stevenson. Well, then you say, well, then how come he didn't win, Billy You say, well, that's the problem. I think that the game plan for Badu Jack was a huge mistake. Um, I just do not like or approve of any game plan that consists of giving up rounds purposely. And that's what it appeared to me was the game plan. I mean, they literally gave up the first half of that fight, six rounds. Now, granted, I get it. I understand the reason. They were hoping, and it came true, that Adonis Stevenson was going to run out of gas. He did run out of gas. But he found enough left in his tank to make it competitive. If you're going to risk giving up a half a, a half a fight in this case, uh, then you better make damn sure that you can knock your opponent out. You better make damn sure. This is why... I like watching fighters like Mikey Garcia and Vasily Lomachenko because they go out of their way to win the rounds. Even if they've taken a round off, uh, which, you know, is an unwritten rule in boxing. Even if they choose to take a round off, they want to make sure that they throw and land more punches than their opponent just to be safe. And at the end of this fight, two judges had it. Uh, 114, 114, and the third had it, 115, 113 for uh, Badu Jack. The same score that I had. I thought Badu Jack uh, squeaked it out by a round. Uh, however, you can't argue with the draw. Uh, that's what you get when you purposely give up the first half of the fight. Joining me right now to get his thoughts uh, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Cola. What were your thoughts on the fight, Sal?
3: Well, (laughs) you know, I use that term ebb and flow, and there was an ebb and flow from both sides. And uh, I do agree with you. No fighter should really give up the rounds. The only one that was really successful with giving up the early rounds was Floyd Mayweather because he could assess and see exactly what he needed to do to uh, find the weaknesses of his opponent, and he was able to capitalize on it. But, you know, like I said, with that being said, nobody else uh, has really – uh, look to be effective on that level. And I think that uh, Bedeau Jack blew the fight or the victory of the fight by giving up literally almost half that that fight. And then uh, he did come on strong. And as he uh, surmised, yeah, Stevenson did run out of gas. And um, he was able to capitalize on winning those rounds in the later later part of the fight, but he wasn't able to put him away or or uh, put him down for a two point round. But uh, I had the fight 115-115, and uh, the first half of the fight, uh, I gave. Uh, let's see, I think I gave the sixth round a draw, uh, but and I gave the fourth round to Jack. But every other round, I gave to uh, to uh, Stevenson. And at the halfway mark, I had it 59 to 56. But then those next couple of rounds, except for the tenth, I gave them all to Steve uh, to Bodo Jack. Um. I want to
2: uh, give a shout-out to my man, Joel. Uh, Joel uh, just gave us a super chat over in the uh, uh, YouTube chat room. He says, happy Monday. Uh, The two best guys in boxing, Billy C. and Sal rocky Senecola. Thank you very much, Joel. Joel, Um, thank you, buddy. Sal, how did you get 115-115? You must have scored a a couple of rounds or at least one round 10-10.
3: I did. In fact, I'll tell you, I scored two rounds 10-10. And, uh, which it was funny because that my score wound up being a draw uh I gave the, the sixth round as a 1010 and I, I, oddly enough I gave the 11th round as a 1010 uh but with that being said the first half of the fight went to Stevenson the second half of the fight the majority went to the uh to uh jack well, so I, it, ironically I came out with a with a one 100 percent 115 115 you
2: know the, the thing about it and and even the the commentators, yes, I know where you're going something. with this ten, eight, Well, ten, well, ten, Well, he round. said, yeah, he said, you know, it was Steve Farhood actually made made a point. He says, you know, that's a problem with the 10-point must system. Yes. He says in the early rounds, although I gave the early rounds to Stevenson, um, he was squeaking by those rounds. But when Badu Jack won the rounds in the second half, he was beating a snot out of uh, Stevenson. And at the end of the fight, you end up with uh, the scorecards the way they were, and I'm not arguing with the scorecards because the fight was close. I do disagree with what you're saying, what you said about Floyd Mayweather. I even Floyd. I, I don't think that um, fighters should give up any any round. I, I, I listen, even no, fighters I, I, that are taken. No, 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 no. Even fighters that take a round off, so to speak, to to get their legs back after after a rough round previously or a knockdown. You know, I, I get it. but to purposely give up rounds, this is what ends up happening. you know and and you know, they could say what they want. but Badu Jack clearly gave up the first rounds. and you heard literally, you heard literally. Lou Devell saying in the corner, I visualized this. I saw it. It's going according yep. to plan. you know, well, you know it's always like it's always like a, a manager in baseball. Don't save your your ace pitcher for a game you may not even get into. You know, you, gotta right. you got to win. You to save it for
3: the late round. Right, you
2: got to win what's in front of you. Yes. Every round, and based on our scoring system, every round is like a, new, a separate fight. So you should yes. win each round, move on to the next one. If you're if you're worried about conditioning or blowing your load or something, then you didn't train hard enough. You're not prepared for the fight. You know, but yes. uh, another comment I want to make, the referee, Ian John Lewis, and we're going to talk about another... Uh, referee uh, on our two major fights for this weekend was extremely biased in this fight. I mean, even Al Bernstein, who never says anything, was okay. complaining. You know, uh, jo- Ian John Lewis w- didn't warn uh, Adonis Stevenson once that I can recall for holding. And he was holding uh, Badu Jack for the most of the fight. When he wasn't throwing a punch, he was holding. Not once. Did he did he warn him for holding? But yet he came very close to deducting a point from Badu Jack for hitting below the belt. Which, uh, you know, I only saw really one that strayed low. The rest of those body shots were were landing uh, flush. Then the one time that uh, that Badu Jack kind of held on, he warns them and you know makes it like he's going to take a point. You know, I can't stand these referees that are are swaying the fights. I, I just it's not fair. There was no way. That Stevenson, with the exception of the first couple of rounds, was in any kind of control of this fight. And uh, I I wish that the score would have ended up the way I had it, 115-113 for Badu Jack. I did give him an earlier round or two. Uh, But but be as it may, um, you know, you can't cry robbery at all. It it was a close fight. Bad game plan, I think, for Badu Jack.
3: No, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, just um, wishing that he could absorb. Or, I mean, there was no attack. I mean, they were even saying how how much, uh, you know, this fight is, is being, you know, those early rounds were being won by uh, Stevenson just by him being busy. He was the busier fighter. He was throwing uh, four punches to one, maybe, and uh you know, it's it's funny, Bill. We talk about the 10-point must system at times during fights like this. You know, could there be a 10 a 10-point 10, uh, must system? Maybe a knockdown gets seven, 10-7 uh, round, uh, and maybe you could do a decisive round, 10-8, uh, and a, a, a narrow uh, or or a narrow victory round is a 10-9. You know, maybe we got to put 10-7 when they get a knockdown. You know that might that might give a little buffer with the 10-8 when somebody's clearly dominant, you know what I'm saying? Well,
2: I mean, I think that if, you know, what Larry's been preaching for several weeks about using the points. I mean, well, that's, yeah, you know, he, a 10 a 10-9 round, a 10-point must system by definition means that the winner of the round should have 10 points at least. That's that's it, you know. Now and, right. and then you take your deductions from there or whatever. But, you know, um what's what's gone down is you waste all the the other nine points unless there's a knockdown. Then they start taking points away. You know, um a dominating round should be ten eight. Uh, uh, you know, a knockdown in a dominating round 10-7. could end up be it could end yeah. up being ten yeah. seven. You know, a, a squeak by round like like um, in my opinion that Stevenson was winning early in the fight those were legitimate 10-9 rounds because he legitimate just barely 10, he, nine. he just barely, barely he barely squeaked through but then some of the he rounds that Badu Jack dominated in the second half of the fight uh you know based on what Larry's been saying uh, should have been you you know should have util, utilized the points and possibly have been 10-8 you know but uh, uh and and I got news for you there was uh, a, a point in that fight where Stevenson looked like he was ready to go, not only oh, yeah. in the last round, but he looked like he was ready to go, and he held on. And you know, John, uh, Ian John Lewis, you know, didn't warn him for holding on. Was uh, and even his corner was saying, "Hold on, you know, keep him away from you, you know." So um, very uh, unhappy with uh, with that. And another thing I was unhappy with is, you know, Showtime does this uh, fight. And they bill it as Stevenson and and uh, and Badu Jack, and the co-main event uh, being Gary Russell Jr. and uh, JoJo Diaz, but they were they weren't even ringside for the for the Stevenson fight. You know, I mean, they they're calling it from the studio. You know, so uh, again, you know, you're getting these guys with their opinions, including the score. Uh, you know, including Steve Farhood uh, doing the unofficial scoring. They're not even ringside, but. Uh, Anyway, on the Stevenson Badu Jack card, uh, a couple of heavyweights I wanted to uh, mention. Um, Albanian uh, heavyweight Christian uh, Prenga improved to eight and one with eight knockouts uh, when he uh, stopped uh, Ricardo Umberto Ramirez uh, in the third round, Ramirez drops to 14 and five uh, with 11 knockouts. and also in the top 12 uh, rankings by the WBC, Oscar Kaboom Rivas, I love that nickname, improved to 24-0 and when he won a 10-round unanimous decision over Hervé Hubino, uh, who drops to uh, 29-3. and uh, The way the judges scored that, two had it, 100-90, to and uh, the third saw it at 99-91. Uh, now, jump into the co-main event on this uh, Bad Dude Jack and uh, Donna Stevenson card on Showtime, Uh, what I thought was the most exciting fight uh, of the weekend. Uh, Gary Russell Jr. improved to 29 wins and one loss, uh, retaining his title with a unanimous decision over uh, Jojo Diaz. uh, The way the judges scored at 115-113 and two sore at 117-111. I agree with the 115-113. I didn't think that... Uh, it was 117-111. Uh, I think that JoJo Diaz should have gotten uh, more credit uh, for the body work that he did. However, he lost the fight. I mean, I, no matter what the score is, he lost the fight. Credit to Gary Russell. He he had his foot on the gas pedal from beginning to end of this fight. Looked very good. I don't know how he withstood the uh, body attack by JoJo Diaz. And um, I, I love this fight. Uh, Gary Russell, if he fought... You know the same way all the time uh how could you not love this guy what was your thoughts in on that one
3: well i think you just you just hit on the head he uh he fought a good fight he he uh, sustained that level of energy and uh he saw the opportunities when he could and uh you know he, he did win the fight and uh jojo diaz though, i'll tell you that was his first defeat and he uh did put up a good fight and he tried to tried to pull it out where he could but uh you know, I think uh, Russell was uh, like I said; it was a good fight, and uh, Russell Russell came out the victor and and uh, retained his title. No, yeah, yeah, he did. And I and I I picked that I picked Jojo Diaz to upset him, but uh, looking back at my notes, but no, Russell clearly uh, you know did what he had to do to win, and he did. Well, he did. Uh, he looked fantastic.
2: I he think. He looked fantastic. I, I, he I think he looked very good, very good. But uh, uh, in any event, uh, talk about refereeing. That referee, uh, Shivoni, was the worst. You know, I, I listen. Um, I, no disrespect to Shivoni, but uh, he was terrible. He—he he, this was a guy that was clearly going and helping Gary Russell Jr. to a degree. He warned Diaz repeatedly for hitting below the belt. He warned him for everything, and he was pushing him and roughing him up. I thought it was a terrible job. You know, I—I I mean. You know, watching him limp around and stuff, uh, uh, w- whatever problem he's got, I-, I respect that. But as far as playing favorites, it was uh, it was obvious. It was obvious. I can't stand these freaking referees that, uh, you know, make it about themselves. The best referees are referees that I don't even remember their name. You know, no, Chavone, whatever the hell his name is, was terrible. You know, I, there's nothing worse than watching a referee who clearly is favoring one fighter. You know, Jack Reese does it all the time. Steve Smoger did it so bad that I wish he was banned from boxing. Uh, You know, I I mean, it's terrible when you see these referees that, you know, when a fighter, a fighter should only have to fight the opponent, not the referee. They shouldn't have to fight the referee and the judges and everything else. And that's what was happening to Jojo Diaz. And in a sense, uh, Badu Jack as well. Two terrible referees ruined, uh, uh, at least my opinion, of two, uh, very good fight. So uh, anyway, hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we got more fight results and then some. Don't go anywhere. Billy C.
0: will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that? That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com.
2: And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Uh, programming note, we will not be doing live shows on Thursday or Friday this week, but fear not, we'll be back uh, better than ever on Monday. Yeah, I, I know it's a holiday, but we will be here on Monday, so uh, make sure you tune in. And speaking of tuning in, don't forget to tune in Wednesday. Our Blast from the Past uh, features uh, uh, James Scott, so you're not going to want to miss that one. And I'm curious to get uh, my man uh, Larry Hazard's thoughts on, on these... Uh, Uh, referees and one thing I wanted to add Sal about Gary Russell um, the dedication that Jojo Diaz gave to the body attack which I loved by the way um, you got to give Gary Russell credit for for withstanding it because Jojo Diaz was landing some solid I mean just flush shots to the body Um, I'm a little bit surprised that Gary Russell um, did not show uh, any signs of uh, wear and tear uh, to the midsection
3: well, and, and that's what's so funny, because, you know, you body attack, especially, you know, in those early rounds, because you're hoping the dividends pay off in later in the fight when the when the body is is, is starting to slow down. And that's exactly why you keep it up and sustain the level of of uh, intensity uh, in those early rounds. And, you know, to Gary Russell's credit, I mean, he would it and you, you didn't see him very much uh, affected in those later rounds as as uh, Jojo Diaz was hoping his investment would pay off.
2: Yeah, well they never switched gears though. Shouldn't he have started going after the head
3: or what? Well, you know, if your body's not going to work, you you're, you're hoping it does. You're hoping it does. And Part of the part of it also is you, you're you're banging a body because if a fighter is is knowing that you're going to be going to the body, he's bringing his elbows down, he's bringing maybe his hands, he's blocking those punches, and you're going to catch him. Maybe if there was a few faints to the body and then bang up to the head, that might have made made that opening available and uh, for uh, for uh, Diaz to take advantage of. But you know, I didn't see that incorporated too much. You know what I I do miss too. I don't see as many fighters using the faint you know doing that much today um maybe i'm just looking for it or, or so but uh, i think uh, a few more faints or so if you sustaining a pattern and you're banging the body and you're waiting for the either hands to drop or the legs to tire and if it, it's not happening you gotta start fainting you gotta start pretending you gotta start making it happen and, and forcing the fight you know with somebody's uh... Decisions. I faint
2: myself, but uh, you do. Don't anyway, way, um, smell um, exalt in anyway, in, in another in another big fight, in an upset um, featherweight in the featherweight division, Josh Warrington improved to twenty-seven and zero with six knockouts, and he picked up the IBF featherweight world championship uh, when he won a uh, split decision over Lee Selby, who drops the second fight of his career. He's now twenty-six and two with uh, nine knockouts. The way the judges scored it. One had it 115-113 for Shelby, while the other two saw it 115-113 and 116-112 uh, for uh, Josh Warrington, giving him uh, uh, the decision. This was a, a, an extremely entertaining fight. I mean, we had two boxes. We knew that uh, uh, this fight was going to go uh, the distance, or at least we thought we did, especially uh, when uh, you look at two fighters and combined, they only have 15 knockouts. Um, but this uh, had some drama There was some serious cuts involved uh, Lee Selby, in my opinion, got beat up uh, And uh, Warrington, uh, uh, you know, performed in front of his home crowd And, and got the victory So uh, I was wrong on that one I had picked Selby I was wrong on the Russell I picked Diaz And thank God the, Jackson, the uh, Jack Stevenson fight ended in a draw Because I would have been wrong for that one too I picked Jack So uh, 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 almost over for 3 for me uh, some other fights uh, for a former European uh, super featherweight champ and currently ranked at number six uh, by the uh, IBF. Uh, Italiano Devis Becharo improved to 46 wins, five losses and a draw when he won the previously unbeaten Farouk Korobanov, uh, a 12-round decision. Uh, to uh, pick up the uh, European title, uh, Korobanov drops to 15 and one. The fight took place in Italy. Uh, some other fights that I want to mention real quickly: uh, 2016 bronze uh, bronze medal winner uh, in the flyweight division, Nico Hernandez, improved to five and zero with four knockouts when he uh, stopped um, Shalvetzdi Canellas. Uh, in the uh, first round, 2 minutes and 52 seconds of the first round, Caneladas drops to 14 and 8. Uh, there was a heavyweight fight on that card as well, I want to mention. Uh, Andre uh took care of uh, Pedro Rodriguez. Uh, the fight, uh, he was battering him for the first couple of rounds, and then the fight was waved off before the start of the third round, uh, quitting on his stool. Uh, the official time was three minutes of the second round. Uh, Afana improves to six and zero with three knockouts. Rodriguez drops to twenty three and five with nineteen knockouts. Uh, also uh, taking place over the weekend, uh, Hiki Budlar improved to thirty two and three with ten knockouts when he uh, won uh, and kind of upset uh, Ryoshi uh in Japan. Uh, togushi drops to 27 wins, three losses, and a couple of draws. Uh, the way the judges scored it were all the same, 114-113, uh, in a, uh, a very entertaining fight. And also uh, in in uh, uh, Tokyo, uh, IBF uh, mini flyweight, junior flyweight, uh, Hiroto Kayaguchi improved to 10-0 and 0 with seven knockouts. Uh, Despite hitting a deck in the third round, uh, he won a unanimous decision over uh, Vince Porras, who drops uh, the first fight of his career. He's now 13-1. and Heavyweight roundup, something we started doing several weeks ago, and uh, I'm glad because it gets us a chance to uh, uh, meet and at least hear about some of these heavyweights that we may see. Uh, pop up uh, uh you know all of a sudden <laughs> ranked uh, and and uh, become a mandatory so it's good that What do you mean really, what do you mean uh, all of it Yeah a sudden? yeah well you don't know think they have you have to
3: know. work that way work their way towards that uh,
2: not anymore but uh in Australia uh Habib uh Vuktyna, uh making his pro debut a successful one he improves to 1 and 0 with a first round knockout over Milos Dovdan who drops to 2 and 37 that fight took place in uh, Austria. I'm sorry, not 237? Austria. 237? thirty-seven.
3: Yeah, he's uh, he's on his he's, he's, he's he, on he, his comeback. He's, he's he's, somebody's got to look at that. Yeah. and uh, look at the medicals. Maybe get a little. Well, uh, fighting a pro debuter—that's cool. That's an experienced no, no, guy. No, no, that, you no know? that's cool. But uh, but you know, I, I remember a time like that. They would uh, the boxing commissioners would question a record like that, like just to see how this guy's uh, um, um, you know. Absorbing all these punish, punish all these punches or losses without having any ill effects, but uh, you know it's not for me to judge or test. But boy, that's that's. Uh, that's.
2: Well, the one thing, hey listen, I hear what you're saying, um, and providing he went through the right medicals, and we are talking about Austria, so I'm not familiar with their rules. No. But but here's the thing: a guy that's got a record of two wins and 37 losses, he's still got 39 professional fights, fighting a pro oh, debut yeah. guy. Um, Now, whether he, you know, gets knocked out, I mean, this guy obviously, uh, um, you know, likes to fall asleep early in fights. But uh, uh, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, 39 professional fights against a guy making his pro debut. We learned with uh, Vasily Lomachenko that sometimes uh, really good amateur careers don't, you know, don't necessarily mean that they... Transfer as a pro very quickly, and a guy that with 39 fights, despite all of them, or at least most of them, being on the losing side, at least I, I would hope the guy learned something in 39 fights, Sal. You know, I hope so. I hope so. But anyway, a couple other fights, real quick, uh, from Toiki uh, Ali aren Desmer Des Zarin, uh improved to nine and zero when he stopped uh, Tornike uh purely in Boy. the fourth round of a scheduled eight round this one that's a tough I'll spell it P-U-R-I-T-C-H-A-M-I-S I A-S-S-H-V-L-L-I. You pronounce it. Uh, he drops to eleven <laughs> write it down. Yeah <laughs> it's half the alphabet. It is. The only thing missing is X, X and Zs. X and Z. There is a Y. Um he drops to eleven and nine. Uh, over in the UK at uh, Your Call, John Palada uh, making his pro debut, a successful one, improves to one and zero when he stopped Alexey Spazov uh, in the second of a scheduled four-round fight. Spazov drops to one and one. Uh, and one of the other uh, fights that took place uh, on the uh, Nico Hernandez undercard that I missed, Alexander uh, Telekenko improves to thirteen and zero when he stopped. Uh, Terrence Marber in the second of a scheduled eight-round fight. Marber drops to nine and six. So uh, uh, that's what took place in the uh, uh, big fights over the weekend, Sal. But, uh, you know, I'm noticing an infusion of heavyweights. You know, the heavyweight division is a little popular, so we start to see more fighters fighting
3: in the heavyweight division. Well, and that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, especially if you can have five You know we'll see what happens but no we we, we got to keep our eye on some good developing uh heavyweights because i'll tell you what i think the heavyweight uh, field especially especially after it's finally announced and we have the opportunity to see deontay wilder and anthony joshua fight i think that there's going to be uh scrambling to, to 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 get in the top 10 and having uh, opportunities to go through the whole uh uh, contendership, uh, uh, process to, to get a title shot.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the right way it should be is climb the ladder, but, uh, they got to start somewhere. Anyway, hold hold that thought. We got some boxing news, including Tyson Fury's return and who's it going to be against top guy. He was calling out AJ. He was calling out Deontay Wilder. He's calling out, uh, you know, telling Lennox Lewis to come out saying uh, all this stuff. Is he fighting any top guy? We'll talk about that in about two.
0: Billy C. will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C., the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson.
2: Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait,
0: what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this.
2: Need I remind you I'm Billy C., damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there.
0: Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. It's talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com.
2: And uh, we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show glad you could be with us don't forget programming note we will not i repeat we will not be doing a live show on thursday or friday of this week but uh we will be doing a live show on monday which is a holiday here in the states uh so uh thursday and friday will give you guys a chance to catch up on any shows you may have missed um dax con is scheduled to join us here in about a uh, half hour give his thoughts on the uh, fights from the weekend sal but uh first you know tyson fury has never been uh uh short of you know making comments and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, my man Mitch sent me a video of him. He was ringside and uh he was wearing these bright red pants. Sort sort of like the pants you wear around the, the, the restaurant and stuff. I mean uh I was that's saying just to myself, tomato sauce oh, oh <laughs> I see. That makes hey that's good. That's good. That was quick. That was good. Yeah, 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 but uh <laughs> but Tyson Fury who uh Um, has had an up and down career at least you can say that Uh, hasn't fought for almost uh, well definitely uh, over two and a half years close to three and you know he got really fat and we all know the story Uh, but he's uh, in really good shape right now and he's fighting on June 9th he's a former world heavyweight champion He's 25 uh, wins, no losses. He's still only 29 years old. He he won't be uh, 30 until August of this year. Six foot nine, okay? Um, He was the first guy to beat uh, Klitschko, you know, recent times. And then Klitschko, as we know, lost to uh, Anthony Joshua. But aside from Klitschko, you know, a couple of names on his career. uh, Steve USS Cunningham was small, moving up. Joey Abel is nothing much from Minnesota. Kevin Johnson uh, had never been stopped uh, going into that fight, uh, and he was a, a player at some point. Derek Chisori had a couple of fights, but to be honest with you, and he had some good fights against tough guys like Martin Rogan, uh, you know, Zach Page, uh, Nikolai uh, uh, Firtha, uh, Nevin Pajkic. Um but, but no big names uh, except for uh, uh, Klitschko. And, you know, he's talked a lot of smack. And, you know, he got in shape. He's in really good shape. There's no question about it. Or better shape than he was in. And uh, he trained, changed trainers, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, when he announced his comeback, he was calling out Anthony Joshua. He's calling out, uh, you know, Deontay Wilder. You know, all of these guys. And we all knew, Sal, that he wasn't going to jump right to one of those guys. I mean you know it, it you can't do that it's too risky even if he was just doing it for the for the check but rumor had it that he might be fighting a guy like Shannon Briggs Shannon Briggs uh, overrated 100 years old i thought that that might have been an exciting fight it would have been a draw uh you know Shannon Briggs is always uh, talking smack too it would have been an interesting fight yeah they announced his opponent and uh you know they're trying to spin it that his opponent is a quality uh, guy. It's Sefer uh, Safari, and Sefer Safari is uh, you know 39 years old, so he's no spring chicken. Um, he's only he's got 24 professional fights under his belt, 23 wins. He was he only lost one time. Okay, uh, he's got 21 knockouts. His only loss came the Manuel Char who's now uh, actually the <laughs> WBA regular heavyweight champion. Oh, regular. Um, but, okay. but here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> regular. Uh, I like Safari, to see you regular. S- 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 me too. <laughs> Safari is ranked at number 66 in the world at cruiserweight. This guy never fought at heavyweight. He fought twice no, in whoa, recent whoa, whoa, years. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come on. He fought twice in recent years at heavyweight. You know, in 2015, uh, or actually three times, because I don't know if this was a cruiserweight fight or not, but he fought a 2-6 and guy at 200 pounds. That's technically a heavyweight uh, in uh, Radenko Kovac. He also fought Manuel Char in 2016. He weighed 212. And in his last fight, he fought in a heavyweight division, Laszlo Hubert, uh, who was uh, 50 wins, 23 losses, and a draw? He weighed 202 pounds. Now, Tyson Fur- Fury is six foot nine. Okay, and guaranteed, even if he's in top shape, he's gonna come in weighing 260 pounds. What do you think of this choice of opponents, Al? I mean, I mean, I, we understand that it's a shake the ring off, but I, I mean. Shouldn't he have been a legitimate heavyweight at least? What's your thoughts?
3: Well, you know me, Bill. I, I'll, I'll agree on that level. It should be a legitimately established, uh, bona fide, real heavyweight. I mean, you know, the scale tells tells the tale of the tape, and if you're over 200 pounds or, or two hundred or more, you are considered a heavyweight. And, uh, you know, I also I, I do like when I see a smaller fighter in the ring because I think there's a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of advantage, believe it or not, for uh, me. I was always being uh, a smaller fighter, so you know you can move your bob and weave, you work your way in, you get in his body, you bring it up, you do things. Uh, sometimes when you could do that. Now uh, I'm not so sure that he can uh, do that against uh, Tyson Fury. Um, I I don't know. I think they should have gotten a more uh, recognizable heavyweight, uh, maybe somebody. Literally uh, in the top five and the ten. If he wants a fast track to get back into title contention, I mean, that's that's how he's got to do it. Tyson Fury.
2: Right, right.
3: I mean, but not that small. See, that, to me, that's
2: almost... And I, and I get it. I mean, I even was involved one time with an event where the commission refused to let a fighter who weighed 202 pounds fight another heavyweight who weighed 245 pounds. And even though that, by definition, they were both heavyweights, the commission felt that the, the weight difference was too much and would have posed a danger for the smaller guy and wouldn't approve the fight.
3: This all happened at the weigh-in. It was unbelievable. <laughs>
0: well, um, that's a good point,
3: Bill. And you know, I, the commissioners will be aware of the, the disparity between the weights, uh, and and maybe they'll try to say something before then later. Well, well, the,
2: well the argument's going to be exactly what you said. You know, heavyweight divisions, two hundred pounds or above, and this guy's gonna say, "Oh, I like the movement. I like this. I like that." But let's make no mistake. At two hundred pounds, I don't. I don't have his height. His height's not listed, but I know he's nowhere near. um, You know, six foot five, six foot four. If he is, he's gonna look like a you know really skinny, skinny guy. You know, I'm thinking this guy's like six foot, six foot two. You know, so so. Yeah, Tyson Fury is going to have an advantage, uh, at least fifty pounds, maybe forty pounds, and uh, at least forty. I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to fifty, and he's going to have at least a six-inch height advantage, at least. You know, which also means a a, a, a huge reach advantage. I, I I think it's I understand that you got to fight, um, you know, a, a a an easy opponent, so to speak, or what may appear easy. Calculated but, risk. Okay, but but you need to fight a guy similar in size to heavyweights. This First of all, this guy's 39. That's a whole other issue. You know, he's 39 years old, fighting a way bigger guy. I mean, everybody seems to be looking at the Tyson Fury point. Hey, he's been off for three years. Give him a break, blah, blah, blah. But what about the safety of, of the opponent, uh, Sarifi? Sir, you know, I mean... I, How does that happen? You know, so I don't know. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's, if it's an opponent that makes sense, especially, you know, my big hang up with these fighters and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Tyson Fury fan, but I can't stand these fighters that talk the smack and don't even come close to living up to it. And why people even believe him? This guy was calling out Deontay Wilder calling out Anthony Joshua said that, that none of them that he could beat him with one hand tied behind his back remember he said that you know so I mean you know here's a guy that says all these outlandish things and uh um you know doesn't even uh uh d- doesn't even come up with a, a guy that's six foot daxs who's going to be joining us here in about 20 minutes uh is informing me in our uh uh secret chat room that he's five foot 11. that guy's the guy's giving up uh, you know 10 inches Come on, man. Come on. You know, I mean, uh, I—that's I, like you fighting a kindergartner and, and trying to justify it. You know, I mean, it's it's. I would be concerned that this guy's safety. Can he even make it to a, to
3: the second round? I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and, and by the sound of this fight, no, it's, it should not even go past three rounds. However, you know, let's look at it from, from uh, what's his name, Sarephine? What's his name? Sarephine? Sarifi? Sarifi. Let's look from his standpoint. Okay, guess what? This is going to propel him right on the world stage. And this is going to be his opportunity to, to, to beat a former world champion. So I'd be pumped up for it. I, I'd say, get me in a ring. I don't care what it is. And um, and uh, let's, uh, let, let me show the world what, what I knew I had all along. And uh, I'm going to go in there. And, and even though I'm supposed to be an opponent, I'm supposed to roll over. I'm gonna show everybody how I can move, how I can do this, how I can take a shot, and how I can deliver a shot, and I'll bang that body until it breaks down in half to my level, and I'll knock him out. I mean, that, that's the that's the attitude, that's the ambition, that's the that's the rise to the grade, reach for the stars, and you know, get grab the moon kind of uh, mindset, and see what happens. But uh, you know, I, I understand Tyson Fury. You know, with all of his rhetoric or all of his calling out against uh, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, and he, he should be more focused or, or more uh, likely to be in the ring with somebody notable, somebody more recognizable, somebody more active. But like I said, Bill, we know the game. He's coming back after a layoff. He wants to have a, 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 a little test, but not too much of a test, and he's going to... Predictably, maybe come through with a victory over this guy who who uh, only only uh, has one defeat and looks good on paper, uh, but will ultimately not even be in the fight. Yeah,
2: well, I think that this is uh, a little far fetched. I, I I just. I mean, you know, for a guy that that talks the smack, he does. And and don't get me wrong, I'm agreeing. Like some of the comments in in the chat rooms and stuff about him deserving a uh, an easy opponent, and, and I'm with it. I, I I get it, and I and I agree. You know, but uh, um, th- this is this is this is too much. I mean, there's so many other uh, heavyweights out there that um, you know would be a a good shake off the ring, Russ. And and then the thing is 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 how good is he if he destroys this guy in one round or two rounds or, God forbid, it goes more. Um, you know, is he going to get catapulted up in the ratings? Is he going to – I mean, this guy isn't even ranked as a, as a heavyweight. He's ranked as a cruiserweight at number 66 in a division that's, you know, uh, slim pickings in the cruiserweight division. So um, I, I just uh, – I just I, – it's sad.
3: It's sad. Well – you know, it would have been a better delivery, a better better uh, prism to look at this fight through would have been if Tyson Fury would have been more humble in his comeback attempt, saying, hey, guys, I'm coming back. Uh, I missed the sport of boxing. I'm going to work my way back to get into contention for the heavyweight championship of the world. Uh, I'm going to have a couple tune-up fights to get my ring rust off and, and, and make sure I'm ready for somebody ranked. If he delivered it like that, That would not be the kind of questions with this kind of fight. Exactly. I'm
2: telling you. I agree. I agree. You know, if he didn't talk the smack, he talked. Same thing. If David Hay didn't talk all the smack he talked and then did what he did, I wouldn't have a problem. If Deontay Wilder didn't pound on his chest and say he's the best in the world, everybody's afraid of him, I wouldn't have a problem. You know, when you talk smack like that, you got to back it up. Tyson Fury's been talking smack since he's retired. And 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 he pulls up this guy. It's like I always say, Sal. If my aunt has balls, should be my uncle. You know. So I mean, I mean, come on, come on. You're a funny. You guy. know. But uh, and 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 here's another one. Here's here's one for you. And and here's the, here's here's the other here's the other point. These two Keep guys that I'm going to talk about right now. It's another heavyweight fight that was announced. These two guys, either one of these, would have been a more acceptable opponent for tyson fury than the guy he chose okay 49 year old former world champion antonio tarver who incidentally i i i just want to say this and no disrespect to antonio tarver but this guy was probably one of the most overrated fighters in the history of boxing he got lucky with roy jones jr show me anything else Antonio Tarver has been living off that fight for his whole career. I can't believe he's 49 already. 31 wins, 6 losses, and a draw with 22 knockouts. He's been fighting as a heavyweight since his last fight several years ago. This is a guy that's been in trouble, owed uh, uh, the casinos uh, tons and tons of money, got arrested in Florida not once but twice for passing bad checks. I mean... uh, uh, you know, obviously this guy needs money His son is boxing Which is uh, it looks way better than uh, uh, Tarver ever did But why he's getting in the ring at 49 years old I don't know This means that he's trying to get another uh, Possible big payday Now who's he stepping in the ring with? Travis Kaufman Travis Kaufman is a fighter that has an impressive looking record. 31 wins and two losses with 23 wins coming by knockout. Of those uh, uh, 33 fights, he's really fought mostly nobodies. Uh, He's a a built-up fraud of a fighter. He would have been a perfect opponent for Tyson Fury. It was soft touch, a guy that wouldn't have posed any damage, a guy that's been somewhat active in the heavyweight division, a guy that would have legitimately a win over him would have gotten Tyson Fury a ranking. Even, uh, maybe not Tarver, but at least Tarver's a name at 49. I don't know, you know, they're fighting in California. I'm surprised that they're even gonna let uh, Tarver fight at 49. But, um, But the truth of the matter is, a Travis Kaufman, who's not really a, a killer of a fighter, would have been a much better name and would have given Tyson Fury some bragging rights, Sal. I mean, he could have said, hey, I'm fighting a younger guy. I'm fighting a guy that's only been beaten twice. I'm fighting a guy that's, you know, in the conversation, in the current heavyweight picture. Not that he's dangerous, but uh, he's, you know, would have been okay. I, I think it would have been a more respectable opponent than he chose.
3: Well, you and I agree on that, and, and uh, I know that. And like I said, uh, you know, if you're you're going to be calling out the world champion uh, for for your first fight or within a couple of fights, you know, you you've got to uh, you've got to back it up. And but you know, if you just say, hey, like I said earlier, if you want to make a comeback, and you tell the world you're going to be back in the contention uh, for the world title as soon as possible, you're going to take a preliminary fight, work some ring rust off, and get comfortable. And it would have been a welcome uh, doormat for him to to fight anybody, including me, you know. But that, but listen, and I and I agree
2: with you. If he said that, if, if he, he says, that, if he said, oh, I'm gonna that. I'm gonna tip, I'm gonna you know, uh, put the tip of my toe in the pool and ease myself yeah. back into this, you can't argue. But this guy's calling yeah. out the two champs. He's calling out yeah. arguably the top two fighters in the division, saying that he's the champ, that he's the better one, that he could beat him with one hand tied behind their back. You know, and then he picks a guy that's not even a heavyweight, a guy that's uh, uh, you know, almost a foot shorter than him, a guy that's not uh, nine years at least uh, older than him. Uh, and and if you want to just go well, by the okay. year, you know, but but, uh, but
3: here's where I'm excited. I'm excited about this. This is this guy's opportunity of a lifetime. This this is great. I mean, hypothetically speaking, this guy should be like wow I've got a I've got a sh- this this feels like a title fight for this guy and if he's never going to get a title fight guess what this is going to be the next best thing and and if he beats Tyson Fury he's on the world stage and probably going to get ranked so I I think from his perspective if he could pull it together and and have a kind of fight plan and if he's got the tools to uh to do what he has to do to look at it hey you know and and Tyson Fury's not a devastating puncher uh so the smaller guy would be you know more likely to say hey uh he's not gonna hurt me so you know what I like it from the other guy's standpoint it's a good opportunity for him and I think he should jump on it it's not a great opportunity for Tyson Fury because basically you know what I'm saying I do and uh you know forever looking at things uh, on an
2: optimistic point that's that's a great one uh but you know a guy like that who's not even ranked in the top 20 of his own division of cruiserweight why not seek out a cruiserweight the cruiserweight division is hot right now every place but the United States I mean you know I get what you're saying I get what you're saying
3: not the heavyweight
2: well that's you you're looking you're Speaking like a true American, because that's what the Americans look at. That's every other, every right. other uh, country, and, and you know, like we know, uh, boxing is a world sport, uh, loves the cruiserweights. It's the United States. The United States is losing its grip on, uh, on boxing big time. And you know, fighters are being forced to step up, and you know, the ones that move forward are the ones that are going to fight the big fights uh, more often, and the ones that are going to be left in the dust, like I mean, like a guy like Keith Thurman is uh, is losing his value, man. This guy is is you know I, you know Adonis Stevenson uh, squeaked by and retained his title with a draw on Saturday night. This is the kind of champions, even though he's Canadian, is the kind of champions I don't want to see. Guys that hold belts hostage, you know. And Tyson Fury, and nobody was a bigger fan of Tyson Fury than me. All right. I I mean, I am a big fan of Tyson Fury, but when you look at the facts and who he's fought, um, and and you can make the argument that the division wasn't as exciting uh, three years ago as it is now, uh, he has never really beaten some of the big names. That that I I mean, look at it this way: he, aside from Klitschko, he never beat a Luis Ortiz like Deontay Wilder did. You know, he never beat a Klitschko. The version of Klitschko that AJ fought was not the same version that uh, that Tyson Fury fought. It, it, Klitschko fought aggressively against AJ. You know, so Joseph Parker. Uh, you know, uh, if you just take the two names, Joseph Parker for AJ and uh, Luis Ortiz for Deontay, and you know, just pull Klitschko's name out of it. Both Joseph Parker and Luis Ortiz are better than any other opponent on Tyson Fury's resume, better than any other opponent. you know. So, I mean, for him to suggest that he's going to come back and beat him with one hand behind his back, I think he's been watching the Cowardly Lion a little too much on Wizard of Oz, to be honest with you. (laughs) But uh, I'm very disappointed at the the choice of opponent. I'm very disappointed. But anyway, I got a quick email here uh, before we uh, uh, take a break and get Dax on the phone with us. Uh, This is from Joel. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., I'm curious uh, how you and Sal scored the uh, Adonis Stevenson-Badu Jack card. Uh, I thought Badu might eat out a decision, but I'm down for the rematch. Um, I scored at 115-113 for Badu Jack. I have no problem with the scores. It was a close fight. Dax, I mean, uh, Sal, you had it uh, even, but you had it 115 115 uh, scoring uh, at least one uh, round even, so
3: uh, uh, we're both uh, pretty much on the same page. I mean, it was a close fight, right? It was a close fight, and I actually I look back, I, I did score two rounds even, and uh, that's how I came up, 115-115. If you scored two uh, rounds even, check your math.
2: I'm gonna
3: do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe I should. I did all yeah, in my head. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think
2: so, I think so. But, uh, uh, but anyway, um, I also, hey, the rest of his email says I ordered the uh, uh, small pay-per-view featuring Nico Hernandez in his first fight in Kansas. It was only his fifth fight. It was a good small pay-per-view, and I enjoyed it for only $20. Uh, and, you know, this is Joel being the promoter. Uh, He promotes the fact that he bought the pay-per-view. And uh, once again, he says, everyone, do not forget, if you haven't already, buy the best book out there, Tom Molyneux from Barnett's the best Man of Planet. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and you forgot one. It's also uh, available on uh, barnesandnoble.com or right from me. Uh, Joel, we appreciate you always uh, looking out for us, my man. Joel's the man. uh,
3: You know what? You got to give... uh, Joel's a contender, I'll tell you. He's a, he's a he, he's a great guy, and he's a great advocate for 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 the show. He well, really is. And all he ever asked for was a damn T-shirt. You know, did he ever get one or what? I gave the original. I I still, you know, I I I, I had uh, words with Heather that, uh over the weekend. We have uh, we have a shortage of T-shirts. We haven't gotten them in, and I ordered them two months ago. So I'm gonna follow up and see what's happening. We've just been so busy. I, I have to really. Uh, just try to uh, get in touch with my old purveyor and see if uh, the the ink is still waiting to settle on a shirt or what. I think. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but once I get those new shirts in, I, I I do want to mail one out to Joel. I think he got his shirt. I'm just kidding you. But no.
2: uh, but, yeah. but but hey, with all the accolades, he uh, he deserves it He with, deserves uh, another one. But uh, no updates. Uh, speaking of the heavyweight division. I no. was gonna say. I'm I'm excited. Go ahead. Well I was gonna say no, that. no updates <laughs> for the Anthony uh, I mean for the uh, Anthony Joshua um, Deontay Wilder showdown that we all want to see. Uh, no uh, no updates on that yet. Um Last, I heard that they were leaning towards having the fight in uh, Las Vegas. but then uh, some uh, some comments from Eddie Hearn over the weekend suggested that uh, the fight was going to be in England. You know, I just hope that they're really talking, Sal, because you know, if they're if they're if they're sitting here tweeting different things to make people think that they're actually you know addressing issues and that it's close and this and that to leave uh, boxing fans hanging. I mean, could you imagine if other sports did that? If if your Yankees. Uh, was saying, well, we're thinking about playing the Red Sox next week. Well, we're not so sure. Wait, they want wait, it, they it, want it, it us just, to come. They want us to come to Boston. It, it, uh, I don't know, man. You know, I mean, I, you know, wait, it the, doesn't work. The
3: definitive term would be organized sports.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, the funny thing is, is that when you get these types of fights with this kind of money on the line, with this kind of interest. You know, the greed factor is like, oh, let's marinate it. We'll make more money, more money, more money. And, you know, in a way, they they kicked the, the legitimacy and the historical aspects of the sport of boxing to the curb. And that's what Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather did when they made us wait five years and then... You know, gave us a snooze fest laying an egg. The only positive, 100%. well, the only p- positive about that is, uh, you know, Floyd made his hundred and fifty million, and Manny made his hundred or whatever they ended up with. So uh, anyway, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Dax Khan joins us. We'll get his thoughts uh, on the uh, fights uh, over the weekend. So uh, don't
0: go anyways. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing? That's my face. I hate you. I hate you. you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young got martinis so you never know what may be by morning, by morning. it's talking boxing with billy c talking boxing with billy c now back to billy, billy c. c interact with the show at billy c and uh,
2: we're back you're watching and listening to the billy c show glad you could be with us uh, before we uh, get going here, I just wanted to give uh, a thanks and a shout-out to my man Johnston. Just gave us a, uh, a super chat. And his super chat says the re- most recent interview uh, concerning the Anthony Joshua uh, versus Deontay Wilder fight uh, says it's 100% the first fight going to take place in the UK. I always say this. Remember what uh, 100% guaranteed in boxing means. Maybe fifty percent, maybe fifty percent, but uh, joining us right now, and, and I'm just curious to know if uh, my man Dax uh, uh, thinks it was as funny as I did with uh, uh, the the guy who is is technically challenged, uh, more commonly known as Sal Rocky Senecola, holding up notes that he doesn't realize gets displayed reverse. So did you happen to see what the hell he was saying? That I'm sitting there watching him holding up these notes, and I'm going, what the – doesn't he realize that it's like putting it in a mirror and that it's like looking – reverse?" so I don't know about you, but I looked at it and said,
3: what the hell is he even trying to say? Well, I couldn't make out well, anything. Well, well, what I did, I was cracking up. I was like, no pun intended, the cat who swallowed the canary. Uh, on this <laughs> end, during our last, last segment, because I hear in the background all the birds chirping. And they're coming through my chimney. They're coming through the back porch. And it, it, it's, it's crazy right outside my studio. And it's funny. So I said I wrote a note. I was going to show uh, for you, Billy, because I, I don't know when I, when I hold it up if you see it left to right or right to left. So I wrote it backwards. <laughs> Would you learn how to write upside down and backwards when you're in life? In well,
2: well, next time write it the right way. Maybe I'll okay, see okay. it. I, I, I wrote don't...
3: it here. And it, it it says it says exactly what I said. Well, boy, I can't see it. The, forget about it. Yeah. But it, says, it says uh, my birds are chirping. Whatever. Forget about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, I think they. I think Go they're on. like. You know, hey, I, hey, I, Dax. It's, it's, it's like the a tweety, cartoon tweety and the Tweety birds. They I, they they they're, twer-
2: they're, they're he's got that halo of birds chirping around his head because he's here. Hearing- well, it's like when you get. Anyway. We uh we, we lost. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're knocked out. You know, it's like, yeah. Dax. Uh, the fights this weekend. Let's start off with the uh, uh Badu Jack against uh, uh Adonis Stevenson. I, I, you know, I mean, it was a draw. You know, I mean, it ended up as a draw. What was your thoughts on that fight? And also throw in your thoughts on uh, the referee's job as well.
1: Well, I think Badou Jack gave Adonis Stevenson too much respect early. Um, we know he's always been vulnerable um, early in those early rounds, as um, we spoke about on Friday, and that's where his knockdowns and his and his stoppage loss came from. But, you know, Adonis Stevenson in that first round was in no rush to engage. Um, he had the big left-hand cock, but, you know, he was really curious on exactly what Badou Jack brought with him. You know, um, and that was overly apparent. Why Badou Jack didn't notice or capitalize on that from the beginning, I don't know. Um, you know, in the fifth round... By then, Badou Jack had already started to come on a little bit, you know, and um, Adonis Stevenson, he comes to fight inside, and that's not where he—that's not his game. Adonis Stevenson's an outside fighter. He doesn't have that power on the inside. He did well, and he actually took that round, you know, in um, Jack's uh, wheelhouse, so to speak, but, you know, that should have been a neon sign. Um, on Friday, I, I stayed, you know, after that fifth round, Adonis Stevenson is pretty much spent. You know, after that, he has to stand on the outside, and he has to, you know, hopefully set up a, a one good shot, or at least stun a guy to keep him on the back foot and hopefully land something big. Um, I noticed that in the uh, Shukaski fight a couple days before, and um, he was he was spent after that fifth round. And why Badu Jack was not capitalizing on that, I don't know. I mean, I think um, Lou DeValle... He was um you know, imploring uh Bob Jack to capitalize on that. Um, I'm personally um, in round nine, you know, I was sensing a knockout for uh for, for Bob Duaj. Jack too. was snapping ahead of Adonis Stevenson back, Stevenson holding on for dear life, uh Ian John Lewis is allowing it. Um, you know, he was allowing that so much that, you know, technically, if he was warning correctly uh, the way he should have for the holding, there would have been grounds for disqualification. Then it was, what, the next round, a round after, Badu Jack holds for one second, and then Ian John Lewis is all over him. You know, there was definitely a lot of bias in that. You know, um, there was no way to say there wasn't bias in that. You know, um, I think, you know, in that 10th round, even... You know Baddu Jack won that one big and it wasn't until that last punch at the end of that round that hurt Badou Jack, you know, Donna Stevenson. how he landed that shot. I don't know. maybe Badu Jack got a little overconfident. you know then it was a you know uh, um, you know pretty uh, back and forth 11th round. I thought Badu Jack won the 12th round. You know it was a decent fight, but you know then again, it's like, you know that fight was Badu Jack's lose. No. I really think Badu Jack kind of let that fight go away.
2: I agree. and And two things I want to bring up before we move on. number one he didn't even get warned uh the referee didn't even warn um stevenson for holding not once i, I no no I'm, I'm wrong he warned him about six times never threatened to take never gave him a stern warning is what i meant you know he warned him a couple of times for not holding for you know for him not to hold but uh but i, I think i agree with you I, I think he should have gotten a point deducted and been warned that he's threatening getting threatened to disqualification and the uh the shot that hurt um Badu Jack seemed to be a body shot. If you remember yes. when it landed, he kind of his his whole stance changed. He 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 crouched down and he was guarding that midsection for the rest of the fight. I, something definitely hurt him and uh you know, I don't know if Stevenson saw it or if he was just so gassed out he couldn't do nothing about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, see, I seen the punch. It was just a sneaky punch. Adonis was on the ropes. Badu was coming in, and Adonis, you know, he was tired. He was exhausted. It was just more or less, you know, hopefully uh, this lands, and I can buy myself a little bit of time. Type punch. You know, Badu uh, maybe got a little bit lazy coming in. Um, you know, Adonis, you know, definitely I could see how he, uh, he sensed Stevenson was ready to go. But you know, and then um, at the end of the fight, you know, Badu Jack really made a jerk of himself when Jim Gray is talking to him. Not that I'm a Jim Gray fan, but he asked him, "How come you don't seem to get these nods in these close fights?" And, and he comes out of his mouth and says, I don't know, because I'm Floyd Mayweather's top fighter and they hate Floyd Mayweather. He's like, but Jack, I lost so much respect for you. you no, know, That's not why wow. that happens, because you give away those first wow. rounds. You know, that's why. Yeah. And you come out with something stupid like that. But as for Stevenson, I have a feeling, Bill Sal, this is going to be his last defense, because, you know, yesterday, uh, Ingus Klimas was very vocal when he said, you know, Alexander Bodzic is the mandatory he is not going to accept any step aside money. And, you know, so with Donna Stevenson, you know, if and when he gets back into that ring, has to fight Vodzic next. So, you know, you know, I think Badu Jack really blew a big opportunity there oh, on yeah. top of that comment. And then on top of the fact that, you know what, the more I think about it, Badu Jack, you. Ducked Dimitri Bivol. You gave that belt up on a Friday because that Monday you had to go into a mandatory purse bid for um, uh, Dmitry Bivol, who, who was uh, you know your number one challenger, him being the interim title. And then now when you go and you do something like this, you know your stock has really dropped in my opinion.
2: Dax, I had one more question about this fight before I move on. Do you think? And and I was talking about this with Sal earlier. I'm totally against a game plan that's designed to actually give up those early rounds. And that clearly was the case. Lou DeVal kept saying it in the corner. This is my plan. I'm envisioning this. It's happening. Blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the night, kind of complain that you didn't win the fight. You know, I could see not putting your foot on the gas pedal 100 but i made uh comparisons to fighters like mikey garcia and vasily lomachenko who both pride themselves in making sure that they win around even during the time they take off do you think that if um uh, badu jack would have followed that rule so to speak or or that game plan where he would have maybe not had his foot fully on the gas, but had every intention of winning those rounds. It may not even have been a close fight. He would have gotten the nod. What's your thoughts?
1: I agree. Um, you know, I, I can see you know having a couple close early feel-out rounds. Obviously, if your uh, your opponent is all over you, you know, you have no choice but to fight back. You're not going to really have those feel-out rounds. But Adonis Stevenson wasn't doing anything special. He he was jabbing, and again, you know, I stressed uh, the way he was trying to uh, telegraph that left hand. You, you you know, you could see it coming. Of course, we weren't in the ring, but I mean, like you said, Badu Jack, even if uh, maybe he would uh, just use a little bit of a flicker jab and kept Adonis Stevenson at a uh, lower um, uh, you know, a lower volume rate or something like that, it would have went into a different direction. But, you know, the fight's over now. Badu Jack uh, really blew his big um his big opportunity. Adonis Stevenson is still the lineal light heavyweight champion of the world, and you know his time seems to be running out short. So the division uh it's hot, it's on fire. So I'm excited for that division future. I'm not excited for that division future if uh you know if the name Badu Jack or the name Adonis Stevenson is involved at this moment.
2: Um, let's move on to uh, the the other fight that was on that card even though it wasn't that card that 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 got me that bothered me the fact that um you know you have showtime uh you know calling that fight they weren't even they should have at least done like hbo has done in the past have two different crews and one ringside you know but uh in any event i thought gary russell jr looked fantastic in his win over Jojo Diaz, I was really impressed with Jojo Diaz' body work, but it wasn't enough. What was your thoughts on that one?
1: You now, this is a case of as I stated on Friday, you know, uh, Gary Russell Jr., a very uh, underrated guy. He's never in that, that mix when you speak of the top names, but he, he generally is one of those top names. Um, I also think that this was a little bit of a case of uh, Jojo Diaz Jr., not quite ready to take that step up. Remember, you know, he's only had um, a couple opponents, you know, of, of recent that, you know, have been above that B level. Um, You know, uh, Russell, you know, he dazzled Jojo Diaz with that speed. You know, you, it kind of got frustrated when you're sitting there watching that and you're saying, you know, just punch, kid, do something, just punch. You know, when when um he did uh, land that body attack of Russell, you know, Russell, Russell himself froze, and, you know, the lack of experience in these big fights is what I think um, hurt Jojo Diaz, and the fact that he wasn't able to really see that, you know what, when I'm on top of this guy and I'm banging the body, he's freezing up just as much as I'm freezing up when I'm, um, when, when I'm getting tattooed with these jabs. You know, so uh, Gary Russell Jr., he put on, you know, a great display. Um, of course, you know, I don't want to take anything away from that, but, you know, the fact that Jojo Diaz Jr. wasn't really letting his hands go without Gary Russell Jr., you know, to look a little bit more uh, sensational than what he did... But you know, I think Russell definitely deserves to be in the uh, that that mix of the top names. I would love to see him fight the winner of uh, Leo Santa Cruz and Abdurrazez. I'd love him to see him fight. Uh... And as for Jojo Diaz Jr., I think you know, again, I stated Friday he has a world title in his future. But you know, they need to bring him up to a um, you know a little bit higher level than what he what, what he's been at. Not right at this championship level, but he needs to get in there with, you know, the top five guys, the, the top 10 guys and, you know, build up his uh, overall uh, resume a little bit more, get in there with a few different more styles before he takes that step up again because if they try and get him into a title fight, you know, another three or four fights, I see the same thing happening.
2: Well, this is the problem that we talk about all the time when you overprotect a fighter for so long and then all of a sudden, poof, you're in there with a world-class fighter like Gary Russell Jr. And, and he, even himself, you know, was uh, was overprotected on the way up, you know, it's like you're starting over again, you know. But I agree with you about the lack of uh, uh, other punches thrown by by uh, Jojo Diaz. But let's give credit where credit's due. Gary Russell was preventing him from doing that with the hand speed and the jab constantly in his face, the movement. And I'll tell you the truth. I was impressed that Gary Russell Jr., who's always known for coming in uh, good shape, uh, I was impressed that he withstood the body attack that that was basically a relentless body attack from jojo diaz so it it, i think it says something exactly what you were saying on friday that this guy's name has to be mixed in when you're talking about the elite of the sport gary russell jr should be mentioned
1: Absolutely, you know, and I don't think. uh, Do you know? Did you notice? You speak about um, Showtime, you know. Did you notice? You know that the commentary on there, uh, during that fight about Gary Russell Jr., where they they um, many times they they criticized his level of opposition. And early on, yes, his level of opposition was not, you know, the greatest. Um, You know, they were a little bit pro JoJo Diaz. um, You know, but then uh, that sensational win that he scored over Yanni Gonzalez. You know, they they had to throw in there and note. Well, that was uh, late in Yanni Gonzalez's career. Yanni Gonzalez had a couple big fights after that. Um, You know, the the Oscar Eskodan, they almost uh, totally ignored that, you know. uh, But they made sure that they mentioned Patrick Highland, who, you know, was a great guy. I know him personally, but he's not an elite fighter. And then what do they do? They go and do a total 160, and then they try and defend the Vassal Lomachenko loss. So I don't know what they were trying to do there. You know, they should have just called the action the way it was instead of uh, looking for ways to, um, you know, criticize one guy. But then they didn't want to sound too critical because he was putting on such a dominant... Made a fool of myself talking about his level of competition, and he's out here just schooling this kid almost effortlessly.
2: Yeah, it it, uh, it, it he definitely schooled him, and uh, you know they weren't uh, they weren't really giving JoJo Diaz. The, if you listen to his corner's instructions, it almost sounded like they thought they were ahead on the cards. I, I you know I don't know I don't know, but uh, it was a great fight. I think it was the fight of the weekend. And speaking of a good fight. Uh, What was your thoughts on the uh, Warrington upset over Lee Selby? I mean, uh, clearly uh, it was an entertaining fight uh, by two boxers who gave it their all. I was wrong. I had picked Lee Selby to win this fight. What was your thoughts on that one?
1: I picked Selby as well, but, um, you know, I said – You know, despite the fact that neither guy uh, is a big puncher, you know, expect a lot of excitement. And there was a lot of excitement in that fight. I think those two cuts really um, bothered Selby quite a bit. You know, credit to Josh Warrington. You know, he was able to uh, pin Selby down in place, keep up the momentum, and walk away with the win. Um, Lee Selby, you know, what really went wrong inside there other than those cuts? I don't know. Uh, Maybe Josh Warrington was a little bit underrated. Uh, Maybe people, um, you know, just really didn't think he'd be able to rise to the occasion. You know, I, I don't know, but, you know, I enjoyed that fight thoroughly. I thought it was a great fight from start to finish. There wasn't a moment in that fight that I thought was really uh, uh boring or, you know, a dull. And um, truth be told, I actually think that was the fight of the weekend, Bill. I think that was the most exciting fight of the weekend, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, no, it was up there. It was up there. Now, Dax, m- most no, people.
1: No, you know, here, here's something just you know, Somebody sent me something this morning, and um, I'll, I'll share that with you later. But it's interesting enough that, you know, so, uh, so, uh, Josh Warrington's team up, you know, somebody on their team puts out a little video of them celebrating, going to get like some fast food type stuff. And then, you know, there's a picture of them all sitting around this little table back at the hotel or something like that. And um, they're eating French fries and hamburgers. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, on there, somebody throws down a packet and another guy picks it up and he says, oh, this is great. He opens it up. And then a, c- a couple of seconds later, there's a pow- there's a pile of white powder on the table. And all of a sudden, you know, everybody's just grabbing from this pile of white powder.
2: Uh, okay. I, I didn't see it, but, uh, yeah, I,
1: I have the video. I'll forward it to you. I have the screenshots of it, you know, and it's just, it's like, you know, and, um, it's like really, wow, how, did, you know, whatever you guys were doing, how did you miss this? How, you know, how did you go out there and put this out like that, you know, but.
2: Maybe it was, maybe it was edited, whatever. But one other thing I want to ask you, uh, most people, uh, don't really follow this guy, but I know, uh, you're like myself. You, you, you like Hiki Boudlar and, uh, he came back and uh, picked up uh, or regained or whatever he did. I, it's hard to follow. He was a champ for so long. But uh, his fight against uh, Ryochi Taguchi uh, in uh, Japan was another uh, bond burner. It, it wasn't as action-packed, so to speak, as, as Russell Diaz and uh, Warrington Selby, but it was a good one uh, nonetheless. What was your thoughts on that one?
1: Yeah, Bular is one of those—he's that, that forgotten guy. I think maybe because of uh, the title that he held for so long was the IBO title. But yeah, it was definitely an exciting fight. And Bular unfortunately, because he doesn't have that power promoter behind him, hasn't been able to get into the mix. But you know, it was definitely a good fight. Um, I, you know, I like Boudoir. um he, You know, he's starting to get older. Whether or not he gets a, a big opportunity, fights with these little men always seem to take place overseas, and we don't get to see them, so we miss out on a lot.
2: Yeah, that, that was, I was going to say, the reason why he's not so popular is because of the weight class that, uh, unfortunately, he fights in. So, uh, uh, great great job with those. Uh, Dax, before we let you go, uh, I know that we were talking about uh, the Tyson Fury opponent, and I know you have some uh, feelings about that. I, listen, I, I'm totally on to the fact that, you know, it's a first fight in three years, etc. etc. et cetera, but couldn't they have picked a guy that, is a legitimate heavyweight i mean i i know this looks good on paper for him since he's only once beaten but this is a mismatch this is it's almost it's such a mismatch that it's dangerous i think uh, safer safari is actually in danger because of the size and weight difference
1: and and the skill level difference you know you know, Tyson Fury, regardless of what people want, you know, what your opinion is of him, you know, he's a, he's a former lineal heavyweight champion, irregardless of what stage of Vladimir uh, Klitschko's career. And, you know, and um, Safiri is not exactly, you know, uh, even in the cruiserweight division, a top cruiserweight. So why this uh, was chosen, I don't know. Um, you talk about a soft touch, yeah, this probably has to be, you know, one of the softest touches that I can ever remember and um, you know there's been guys I believe when Andre Ward was first making his return bout um, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head who he was going to face and somebody who's actually better than um uh, Fury and HBO had declined that and uh Rob Brand I think it was and HBO had declined that so how come they're allowing Tyson Fury to get away with opponent of this level I don't know maybe it would even be more acceptable if Tyson Fury was facing uh Sefer's brother Nuri, you know, Nuri um you know the 41-year-old who um has at least been in there with uh, Marco Hawk, uh, uh Herbie Hyde, uh, Christoph Glowacki, uh uh Furat Arslan, a uh, Europe, uh European champion, you know, so at least there, you know, you could say the guy's been a little bit more rounded, he's been in there with the better competition, but you know as for Sefer, you know, I'd say I I can't justify that. There's no way you can justify that.
2: I I mean it just seems uh, you know how can he? Uh, uh, what can he get out of winning this? I mean, this was a guy like Sal and I were talking about early in Tyson Fury bragging that he could beat both Deontay and AJ with one hand tied behind his back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, we all know that he's a talker, and and it's for entertainment purposes only. But uh, but uh, you know, any other legitimate heavyweight, forget the record, would have been more acceptable than than this guy. I, I, I mean, it just it, 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 if he goes from this to an immediate big fight, I mean that's not fair. Again, it, it's like the fighters that are working and busting their asses in the gym are being bypassed because promotional companies want to take a guy that's already known, so they don't have to promote him. It, it's it doesn't make sense for the growth of the sport. It, it's it, it's almost like they focus on the single name guys. And they don't care about the continuation of the growth. And at some point, you got to have the younger fighters involved. Otherwise, you, it's going to end overnight.
1: I don't see how um, you'd even shake off any ring rust with a guy like this, especially if you knock him out in two or three rounds. So, how, how is it even beneficial to Tyson Fury other than the fact that if he goes out there and blasts this guy out, uh, he'll be able to pound his chest and talk about how I told you I didn't lose anything. Yeah, but listen, you know, then but if he listen, he goes out there and he looks bad, and and let's just say the fight goes the distance, and you know, what, all of a sudden now his his stock really plummeted. No? Yeah, but
2: but look at it this way. Oh yeah, look at it this way. Uh, he his, his 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 sights are clearly on two names. AJ and Deontay, right? His sights are clearly on those two guys. Those, those are the big money fights for him and, you know, end of story, okay? I mean, you could sprinkle in maybe a Tony Bellew over in England uh, or even, I, I don't even want to mention, but, but I, I mean, let, let's be real. The two guys that are on are in his sights are uh, Deontay and AJ. Now, what does Safari do when he's a foot shorter he doesn't even come. He's gonna, you know, have to drink gallons of water to weigh two twelve for the fight. I mean, what does this do in preparation? It's actually not helping Tyson Fury in any way, shape, or form, except like you just said. Except when he blows him out in, in one or two rounds, he's gonna pound his chest and see how say how bad of an ass he was because I, it, this does nothing in long term prep for the two guys that are in his sights.
1: Yeah, I. You know, I. Um... What was it, a month or so ago, I heard that it was going to be Kevin Johnson, who was, you know, a guy who Tyson Fury would have... Uh, I heard Briggs. After layoff, but he would have got some rounds in there. Uh, I heard Briggs. I, heard, uh, I had heard... Tom Schwartz from Germany, but then all of a sudden they come up with a separate safari, so...
2: I had heard that he was going to fight Shannon Briggs, which which uh, I, I thought, you know, would have been okay. You know, uh... Uh, but, uh, anyway. Hey, don't forget, Manuel Char is the regular WBA World Heavyweight Champion. So uh, Manuel
1: Char is the regular that's, WBA That's
2: WBA what WBA I mean. WBA. The regular old – I always call the regular old uh, WBA Champion. Put some champion.
1: mustard on that, man. Put some mustard on that regular.
2: Hey, you know what? Yeah. Don't be surprised <laughs> if that's Tyson Fury's uh, route, that he fights a, a guy like that to get himself back in. But, uh, anyway, Dax, great job as here, usual. There, uh, we probably won't get to uh, – uh, talk to you any more this week because we're not doing a live show on uh, uh, Thursday and Friday, so we'll catch you uh, on Monday.
1: Absolutely, and everybody enjoy the week, enjoy the fights, enjoy the weather.
2: Yeah, the weather finally turned here in the Northeast, but uh, Dax, we'll talk to you later, brother.
1: All right, everybody. Take That's, care,
2: Dax. Uh, Dax Khan. You could check him out uh, uh, his column up on BillyCBoxing.com, and uh, uh, he was uh, out of out of. Uh, out of business for a couple of weeks, and uh, it's good to see that he's uh, on the rebound uh, uh, in a positive way. Sal.
3: So. Yes, yes, he sounds good, looks good, and uh, I, I knew he'd be up from the count, so that's great. Um, I, uh,
2: I I still think that uh, Tyson Fury uh, uh, going up against uh, Shannon Briggs would have been uh, would have been a lot better than uh, than this guy, but. Uh, in any event we Well, thought,
3: yeah, I know and, and like I said Bill, all, all I can say Is I hope that Sepa of, Sepp of, Sepp of, Fieri Realizes And has With his whole camp behind him Saying this is our opportunity We've got to beat this guy We've got to rise to the occasion And even though we're coming in To lose this fight We're going to w- show and Shock the world And we're going to be uh, A household name After uh, I, You beat Tyson Fury I mean, that's the only thing He should Could And has to do
2: um, our trivia question, and don't forget if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin Boxing, that's t a l k i n b o x i n g dot com, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game, uh, the same uh, game that uh, Alex perpalli uses uh, during our Blast from the Past segment. Uh, so I'm going to read the question. And I'm going to give you some hints today. Um, Here's the question. Which boxer had the fewest pro bouts under his belt after having met five world champions? Uh, Which boxer had the fewest pro bouts under his belt after having met five world champions? Um, The hints today are he's a Hall of Famer. In less than 25 fights, the question is, having met five world champions, but I'll give you a a big hint, in less than 25 fights, he actually met six world champions, former world champions. Uh, So uh, this guy uh, is a no-joke fighter. And the third hint is that, uh, you know, he's a forgotten guy. When you're talking about all-time greats, a lot of people forget this guy, but uh, a very very uh, uh, top-notch fighter in his own right. So which uh, boxer had the fewest po- pro bouts under his belt after having met five world champions? If you're the first one uh, to uh, know this answer and email me, Billy at Talking Boxing, that's uh, dot com, you'll win uh, the prize, which is a title about championship computer game. And I'm only going to do this question one more day if we don't get a winner. Uh, Then I'm going to switch and uh, reuse it at some point. But uh, uh, anyway, on this day in boxing history, May 21st in 1977, Miguel Angel Coelho knocks out Jesse Burnett in the ninth round to win the vacant world light heavyweight title and it took place in Monte Carlo. Not to be confused with Camaro, uh, it took place in Monte Carlo. Uh, On this day in 2005, Alejandro Garcia uh, wins a 12 round decision over Rohoshi Wells to win the vacant uh, WBA uh, junior uh, World Junior Middleweight title to place in Chicago. On this day in 1933, Tony Canzanori wins a 10 round decision over Battle and Shaw to win the World Junior Welterweight title to place in New Orleans, Louisiana. On this day in 1943, Bob Montgomery wins a 15 round decision over Bo Jack uh, to win the World Lightweight title to place at Madison Square Garden in New York City. On this day in the year 2000, Yoel Casamayora knocks out John Kwan, uh, Jung Kwan Beck in the fifth round to win the WBA World Junior Lightweight title to place in Kansas City, Missouri. On this day in 1977, Wilfredo Gomez knocks out Dong Kin Yum. In the twelfth round to win the WBC World Junior Featherweight title, it took place in Puerto Rico. And finally, (coughs) excuse me, on this day in 1988, Jose Santa Bria knocks out Moses Fuentes in the sixth round to win the vacant IBF World uh, Junior Featherweight title. It took place in Colombia on this day in 1988. Sal, we're hoping that we get some good news tomorrow. Uh, maybe oh a, may, maybe an announcement for a heavyweight fight. But uh, uh, you could be rest assured that uh, Sal and I will be here to talk to you about boxing tomorrow. So make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby
3: den 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 den